All right, welcome back to the Solar Search podcast. This afternoon, we're coming to you direct from SolarCon in Salt Lake City, Utah. And this afternoon, I'm sitting down with Josue Phillips, CEO of Sunstar Solutions from Dallas, Texas. So, Josue, really thank great you for to having see you me today. on the podcast. It's great to be here. Absolutely. What do you, what do you think of SolarCon so far? I think it's a great opportunity to network and uh, connect with different providers, financiers, other companies. At the end of the day. This industry is barely starting, the way I see it, and uh, we all have to network and strengthen our partnerships and relationships, and these opportunities are key for that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, this is my first time at SolarCon. I'm really impressed at just the size, the scale, and, and, the, and the production level that went into this. The organizers did a really, really great job. So Big time. I was in last year, which was SolarCon number one, and it was great. Honestly, I was very impressed with Jake Hess, and uh, the organization they put into the event, even the first year, and uh, this year is much better for sure. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm sure I'll be back here again, and um, just really, really pleasantly surprised. Now, I came on um, I came on Wednesday for Platinum Day, and ever since the first seminar, you know, the the, the feel I've been getting, the vibe I've been getting is that. The organizers really want this to be a resource to the audience of how to be, you know, how to have a successful solar company, and uh, and and specifically how to have a successful solar company in this changing environment. As you know, we're dealing with a lot of challenges, yep. a lot of headwind, big time compared to how it was. So, uh, you know, Josue, from your from your you know position, you're running a, one of the best solar companies in Texas right now, headquartered in Dallas, working in all of thank Texas. Thank you, thank you. We're trying hard. So, so what what have been some of the keys to having a successful business for you in this this challenging environment where we got to deal with the interest rates and the fees and just everything that we're dealing with right now? It's definitely hard times, uh, especially with everything that is happening in the financing world. Um, however, I think one of the keys is focus on quality. If you focus on quality over quantity and provide an excellent experience, that's really what makes the difference. Because the combination of quality plus customer service plus good communication with the homeowner provides that quality experience. And that's where it makes the homeowners trust us and keep sending their friends, family, and also strengthen the relationship we have with our dealers uh, when they saw that you know we were able to install in a timely manner, quality, everything went great, and we had communication with the customers all along the process, that really makes a difference. So I think that's key, the experience, um, and also the, the partnerships you can develop. You gotta take every single provider, every single um, dealer, every single partner you can find and work together to grow together the companies. And that's sometimes, you know, in, in some different industries, even in our space, uh, they start getting too competitive and they don't like to work with each other as much. I believe it gotta be a win-win for sure. It has to be a win-win for everybody. And if I go and commit with my supplier, like, hey, I'm gonna send you all my volume and this is what I need. Do you think we can work this out? And they do, like most of the times. So partnerships are key and be able to grow together. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you mentioned that because that that was also one of the lessons that, that came out on that day one was, you know, this th thinking about the solar industry as well. The sales company has its own interest. The install company, you know, don't worry about the install. They, you know, it's got to be a win-win for everybody. 
right? And I think people on, regardless of what side you're on of that of that you know divide, if if we're not all successful, including the homeowner and the finance company and the material supplier, if everybody is not winning from from how the business is being run, then ultimately it's not going to be sustainable. And I think that's maybe that's kind of a new mindset shift for a lot of folks out there. Uh, you know, especially you know, you know salespeople, they want to, well, I want a lower red line. I want a lower red line. Well. If, if your installer is not actually profitable, that's not going to be in your long-term best interest as a salesperson, right? Yep. No. You, you, we have to have some uncomfortable conversations in the industry that many people are trying to avoid, and they find a workaround doing things that are not necessarily very ethical. But these conversations are very, very important. We got to... Everybody, everybody needs to make money. Everybody needs to be growing and... These are conversations that many people don't want to have. But last night, for an example, I was with one of our dealers in Houston, and we were talking about this, and I was explaining to them how important it is for me to do a good job, for them to do a good job, and set up the right expectation. Because um, as, as we have discussed, we're in really hard times, and uh, it's, it's a definitely a work we got to do together to so we can thrive and succeed and grow um, so that's that's very important yeah yeah well let, let's talk about some of the challenges that we're facing here now I, I think one thing that we're all aware of whether you're a homeowner contractor dealer uh, interest rates are higher now you know interest rates have been rising faster in the last year than at any other year that I can remember since I've been an adult I can't remember rates rising this fast and of course you know the industries that are most affected by rising interest rates, construction, auto, housing, um, but particularly our segment of construction, which is the solar yes. industry. Um, the vast majority of solar power systems being installed are bank financed, right, or, or through a solar finance company. How does it change the game from your perspective? Let's say we're maybe a year or two years ago, we could offer we could offer financing at two or three percent interest. Now we're having to offer that same homeowner financing at six or seven percent interest how does that change the proposition when you're talking about a solar system that that is a great question because there is always two sides for an issue you can either use it as a leverage or you can let let the, the problem defeat you and the way we do it is that we leverage those timelines because we get notifications like in two weeks interest is going to change so we use that as leverage to help homeowners uh, make a decision and we talk to all the dealers like hey guys this is happening and this is the deadline please go ahead and reach out to all of your homeowners and see if if they were like on the fence this will help them so it actually brings an element that we didn't have in the past which is the the time element and we can put a little bit more of, of pressure and leverage to help them make a decision because they are aware, they know these things are happening nationwide. You know, it's affecting everybody, actually worldwide. So if we can effectively use those problems in our um, advantage, then that's actually a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're right, as a, especially as a salesperson, it's easy to just get down on yourself. So, oh, poor me, the interest rate's going up, the monthly payments are going to go up. Well, yeah, you're right. The other side of that is, well, now here's legitimate urgency that you can present to your homeowner, Mr. Homeowner, Mrs. Yes. Homeowner. 
I've just received notification that the interest rates for solar financing are going up in two weeks. If you would like to lock your interest rate now, let's go ahead and get you approved now. It gets you one step closer to being able to do the project if you want to do the project. 1,000%. But let's get your interest rate locked now. At least that way we know for the next 60 or 90 days, this is what the, the rate's going to be. This is what your payment's going to be. And then you're one step closer to actually being able to initiate that project. So I think there's, there's two sides to it. And this is something that I've actually been discussing with my sales team a lot uh, ever since the, the lead up for net metering 3.0 died down in California. And this is a question we've been asking ourselves is, how do we as a sales organization create urgency, like the kind of urgency that the NEM 2.0 to 3.0 switch created for us, how do we create that kind of urgency so we can remove time out of the buying equation to the, you know, to the extent possible? Yeah, that, that's, and this is an excellent opportunity. Actually, I believe we should always work in cycles and salespeople are very much like that. So as a company, you have to be able to create these cycles where you have special promotions, where you have uh, time, limited time offers to put the sales, uh, the sales force of your company on that mindset. On, okay, we have timelines. And it brings energy into the process. So I believe every single company should be using this, uh, should be using this in their favor. Um, instead of just letting it affect, you know, their their ability to sell, because just to be honest, electricity everywhere is going up. For example, Dallas, well, Texas as a whole, it went up 200% in just 18 months, 200%. So a little increase on the interest rate is not a huge deal in comparison to 200% increase on energy rates. So it's actually not that bad. That's incredible. And you're right. In the right context, you know, interest rates going up two or three percent compared to doubling electric rate. Now now Josue, why do you think Dallas in particular is seeing rates rise? Because Texas, I mean as you know, Texas for such a long time had such cheap power. Historical low prices. You know, for such a long time. Why do you think rates are rising so fast, particularly in Dallas and also in Houston I'm hearing rates are coming up fast. Yeah, it's actually a, a Worldwide phenomenon, energy is just more expensive. And Texas being, uh, you know, uh, the economics in, in Texas revolve around energy, oil, gas, and uh, by the current scenario, it's what's driving the cost. And also the, the snowstorm, you know, the, the apocalypse we had in, in Texas, February 2021, uh, that really, really cost um, millionaire losses on the electric companies and uh, ERCOT approved all of those losses to be transferred to the homeowners. So you know those two elements, you know, uh, global energy prices going up plus the really bad snowstorm. We had, you know, several people dying even. We were not prepared, you know, to, to have a bad winter storm and it happened and all of those losses got pretty much approved so they could be transferred to the homeowners. And homeowners don't know that, don't know that, but that's, that's really the reason why. And I don't, I don't see energy going down anytime soon. Actually, it's gonna keep going up and up. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, because every, every time the politicians get on, they talk about, oh, we're gonna upgrade the grid, we're gonna harden the grid so this never happens again. Every time they do that, the cost of all of that gets passed on in the form of higher rates. So eventually, the people that are buying the electricity, eventually they, they, they end up paying for all that in a higher price. So it's all connected. 
Now, you, we, we touched on something a little bit earlier. We're dealing with higher interest rates, which means that if you're financing a, a project, you know, you're going to pay a higher monthly payment, more interest over the lifetime. The other thing that we're dealing with, and we're going to touch on some things that I know a lot of people think, well, we don't really supposed to talk about that in solar, but we're going to need to talk right. about this because if you want to be successful in this environment, we need to acknowledge what's going on, what's changing. The other thing that's changing is that solar finance companies, in many cases, are no longer advancing giving a cash advance against those loans to the installer, which means that now the installer in many cases, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, but that means now the installer in many cases has to figure out how you can pay for those permits, how you can buy those materials, how you can do that upfront on your own before you get paid on the back end after all the work is complete. So what, what would you say about that? Joe, that is a great question. Um, I was pretty much forced to create SunStar Solutions. I just couldn't find a responsive APC to the level of service that I wanted it to be. And one of the things I recognized very soon was M1s was a big problem. I talked to several solar business owners that went under and I asked them, hey, what was one of the, the issues, you know, that really caused you going under? And they said, we had a massive debt on M1s that we pay dealers salespeople and they would take those deals, put them somewhere else, or the customers would just cancel and you lost that money. And in many times there is no way to recover it in a timely manner. So we, what we decided, um, we literally told our banks, please don't give us any advancements. So since the beginning, since Sunstar Solutions was born, we didn't take any money, not a penny from the financiers. We never got advancements and we were able to explain effectively to all the dealers and to our inside sales team, hey guys, this is the reason why we're not gonna give advancements. However, we're gonna try to do our best to install as quick as we can, right? And of course you want that to be, you know, the case for every single system, which is not the case sometimes. But um, if you do things right, you're gonna have pretty quick installs and you're gonna be able to, you know, pay, every, pay everybody on time. And, um, and they understood, they, they really understood. And they said, all right, as long as you're doing you know, your job and installing in a timely manner, uh, we're good. So that's what we did. And uh, I know many companies are going under because of that. They just don't know how to deal with paying for operations without any advancements. We're used to it. We never did it. We, since the beginning, we avoided it and we have no debt. We have never gotten funding, uh, we're self-reliant. And part of that is to keep things frugal under budget and try to have a forecast short-term, mid-term, long-term that aligns with your vision and where you want your company to go. Yep, yep, no, that, that's spot on, that's spot on. And I think that's what we're gonna see is that the companies that are, have been financially responsible are going to, are going to thrive in this environment. The companies that have been financially over leveraged, they've been running on the margin, they're gonna get flushed out. They're yep. just, they're, you know, it's, and it, it's, it's, it's tough because the problem, the problem in, in my view, the problem with the M1s is that it creates a temptation to just sell more projects and take more advances, right? Regardless of the speed at which you're finishing the projects, the, the incentive becomes just sell more projects, just start more projects even if you haven't finished all of them, yep. because the more projects you start, the more cash, the more cash will hit your account, the more float you have to to operate. But the problem And if you're not being responsible, you're literally gonna run out of funding 
and then your dealers don't trust you anymore because you're taking forever installing your projects, so they don't want to send you volume anymore. Right. So, so by actually withdrawing or withholding those M1s, it, it focuses everybody's alignment on get the job done as fast as possible. Yep. It's no longer about, oh, how many deposits it's can a necessity I get now. It's about how many jobs can I complete, right? And then I think that long-term, that's going to put you in a much stronger position. thousand percent. Yeah, and it's also important, you know, to install quick, responsibly. And uh, I really like, you know, some of our financiers because they keep us accountable. They really keep us accountable. And um, it's so important to do things right. You know, install responsibly, install quick, but do it the right way. Get all the permits, get PTO. I mean, that's one of the highlights in Texas, that most of the times, um, if it's center point or encore territory, we get PTO before the install. So the day of the install, we leave everything commissioned. The customer got the email with the invite to download their monitoring system, and the system is producing that same day. So you got to be responsible. You know, it's because there's many companies. Actually, dealers call me and they say, "Hey, do you install without permits?" And I say, "Heck no! I value my license. I value what we're doing." And I don't want to get those penalties for doing that and taking the shortcut. Right, right. Yeah, well, you know, and, and we're, we're seeing now, you know, since you and I have been working together, we've done maybe about a dozen projects or so. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think we, we saw the first project was installed in about 40 days of the time of uh, contract signing. So, you know, again, it speaks to that, that alignment. And I can remember one of the things I also told you when we first got connected, I said, look, Josue, I don't want to beat you up on Redline. Whatever project I send to you, I want it to be good for you as well as good for me and good for the homeowner, right? That's that, right, that's that right. you have to charge a little bit higher price because I'm putting a battery on that system, and we charge a little bit higher price, right? But but I want, you know, as a, as a dealer, right, as, as a guy, my job is, is to go and get customers, right? Go and find customers. But I want my installer to be successful. I want my installer to be you know, happy then when I'm sending them a project because it's going to be good for everybody involved. And uh, we were, in, you know, the 40 days kind of like, oh, it hurts me a little because you can ask Lisa, my operations manager, we actually install much faster than that usually, but we are trying to be extra careful with all of these projects. We're actually sending the plansets to the battery manufacturer and they're reviewing them, sending them back so we know everything and all the planning is perfect, and then we go and execute, um, which is great. You know, I, I prefer for the project to take a little longer, and we are sure that all everything is working out the way it should be, instead of just rushing into it and then having to change plan sets, submit changes to the city permits. So that's what we're doing, uh, but I promise you those timelines are going to get much faster. By the way, just so you know, not that I want you to slow down, but just so you know, a 40-day battery install is unheard of in the industry. I, I'm doing battery projects all over the country right now. A typical battery install is 120 days. Wow, that's, that's gonna be, we, 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 we gotta do a case study later on. Then. Yeah, but you know, you, you touched on something too, which a lot of people need to hear, which is that um, if you're doing a battery installation, a lot of times the battery manufacturer wants to review the plans first before yes. you submit to the AHJ for your permit. Now, if you're just doing grid-tied solar, typically you don't have to do that. You just draw up your plans and you submit straight for the permit. But I know that, like, for example, Enphase, Enphase if you do an Enphase battery, mm -hmm. Enphase wants to actually review the plans yes. or maybe even do the plans for you mm -hmm. to make sure that it's done right for quality control purposes. Can you speak a little bit to that? 
particularly for installers out there, maybe they haven't been doing batteries in the past, but now they're thinking about they're doing it, or maybe they feel they have to do it now because of what's going on in California. What advice would you give to installers to, to prepare for being able to, to do successful battery install? That is a great question because that, that speaks a lot about our vision and what we do. We, the name of the company is Sunstar Solutions. We really didn't put the name solar anywhere in it on purpose because we want to do complete solutions. So for an example, I'm giving you a little of my secrets here, but we're training our guys so they could be energy auditors. So when they walk in a house, they know how to service that customer the best we can. So they can recognize if the home needs an MPU, if the homeowner needs insulation, radiant barriers, attic ventilation, if they need a battery, you know, if, if they're in, in their specific case, a battery is gonna be beneficial. And we're not afraid. You know, you gotta be willing to hire people that are qualified for it. So we hired a bunch of journeymans. We hired a really good master electrician in-house. He's always there for us. We actually, for that job, we did for you. We sent him in person. He, he checked everything, uh, checked the plansets. He did a survey. We, we did like two, two, three surveys on that, on that project just to make sure everything was gonna work out right. And I think that's part of the experience you can offer your homeowners, is just making sure you have competent people in your crews that can get the job done, that have a lot of experience doing it. And of course, they take all the training, certifications, and you make sure the whole team is prepared so they can go and do, do the battery job. And, and that's something I can, I can say. Everybody that touched that project, they were certified well, with the battery manufacturer and they knew what they were doing. Yeah, and, that, and that's so important now too because I know that there's, there's a temptation out there, especially if you're an installer, you're looking at how can you cut costs and things. There's a temptation out there to just do the video training. Don't, don't actually have the you know, installer certified. Just, just do a quick video presentation and then put them out in the field. Let them figure it out in mm -hmm. the field. Let them call tech support on the phone figure it out as they're doing it. So what, what? I think I think you learn your lessons as you go because I we tend to think that's good enough at the beginning, but because we have learned our lessons, we went ahead and connected on a training with the manufacturer. Then we paid them to sit down on a computer, take the certification, and get all their answers right, all the questions they had answered. And then we asked the manufacturer if possible, if they could come to the job site. So they actually came, help us, they help us commission it uh, with our team so we could see how it was. And now they have the, the confidence level they have to do all the future jobs is really high because we had that much support and that much preparation and planning that everything will be executed, um, I hope, flawlessly. No, that's really great too, and, and I've got to give a shout out to Franklin Battery for the support yes. that they've been willing to extend to us, not just on the training side, but also, as you mentioned, on the field support side. It's wonderful. I've had a number of projects in Texas specifically where Franklin has sent their own technical field support team out to look over our installs, to help with troubleshooting, to make sure that the homeowner ultimately was well taken care of. So uh, I really appreciate the team at Franklin Battery and what they're shout doing. Shout out yeah. to Franklin. I love those guys. The experience they offer to me to us as customers is wonderful. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's let's talk about a few other things that are you know changing in absolutely. the industry let's this year. And um, one of the things I'd like to talk about, again, I know this is a topic that we're not supposed to talk about publicly, but people need to know, 
So the model that's kind of risen to the top in solar has has been what we call the what we call the, the sales dealer EPC model. And what that means is you have a separate company that does sales and marketing, like Solar Search, we're a sales and marketing mm -hmm. company. And then Sunstar Solutions is, an, is what we call an EPC, which it stands for engineering, permitting, construction. But basically you do the physical side, right? You, yes. do the, you do the construction side. Now the way that the model has typically worked is you tell me what your price is for construction, you have your margins and your calculations, and then whatever price I want to sell above that, that's all my profit. So if I want to profit, you know, $5,000, I put my price $5,000 above yours price to me. Yep. But if I want 15,000, I just put my price 15,000 above yours and if, if the homeowner takes it, they take it. So it's kind of created this situation where the the installer is taking on all the risk, right? All the risk and the liability. liability. The salesperson or the sales company is taking all the upside, all the profit. They are. Now, I mean, you'll have your margin, but basically all the upside is mine if, if, I, if I do it that way. Do you think that model is sustainable? And if not, how do you think that that should change? So it can work. However, we got to have the some regulations and ethics because we don't have regulations right now. We establish those regulations. So me as an EPC, we have established some some caps and some guidelines. Guys, this is how much you can go. This is the top. And, and nobody is telling me to put those those caps. However, we do it to always serve our customers the best way we can. And we have gone several times when we see a project and we're like, guys, is there anything in particular why you sold it at that price? Uh, is there any adder or project that we don't see on the contract? And they're like, no. I was like, all right, we need you guys to correct that. We need you guys to adjust it because it's not sustainable. And I don't think it's, it's fair for the homeowner neither to to take all the um, all the load, you know, when 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 it comes to lack of regulation. So we have done those things as an EPC, and uh, talking about the the dealer EPC model, um, this is what I see. This is what I see in the future. I see in the future a different type of relationship between the EPCs and the dealers. Actually, you see now many EPCs trying to do everything more corporate and trying to have like inside sales teams and, and try to centralize everything so they can have more control and, and make sure you know what they're selling it's 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 what you know it's been it's been marketed and what i see is what i'm trying to do is keep it a win-win develop a model where the communication is excellent we have really good relationships we do trainings together we have a close relationship i try to do that with all my dealers have a very close relationship and i ask them like hey do you guys need any training in any specific topic that i can help you with and last night we was with we were with some of our dealers really late just training them just training them and talking about sales talking about uh the strategy how we as a company can serve the customers better than other epcs and just those instances, you taking the time to have that personable relationship with your dealers will help you stay afloat and will help do things in a more ethical way. Does it make sense? Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. There you go. Makes sense. Thank you. Well, you know, if it's okay, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know you haven't been dealing with this so much in Texas, but I know it's something we're going to have to deal with eventually. So, you know, in California, they just changed the net metering law. Yes. Right? 
And so it used to be in California where if you have extra solar, it's what we call net metering 2.0. All that means is, right, if you have extra solar, the power company will take it, they'll give you full buy credit. Buy it back. For, right, they'll buy it back at full credit, and then you can just pull it back from them at nighttime when you need it. Now they've gone to like 25 cents on the dollar for the credit. Correct. So, so you're not getting the same payback. Do you think those kind of same policies we might see in Texas? Uh, and if so, what do you think, what are some steps that you think installers need to be taking now to prepare for potential changes in the net metering program? Expectations. So we, we have been like, we have been on NEM3 for a good time in Texas. Why? Because the buyback is not as strong as what it was, you know. November uh, 2021 is when it changed. Before then, we had a true one-on-one end metering. And after November 2021, um, they introduced the delivery charges, which really affected the market, but it's all about expectations. Because if you go and talk to your homeowners and explain to them, hey, this is the scenario, I'm not gonna lie to you and say, I'm gonna eliminate your bill when I'm not, and I'm able to show them the value of, hey, we will love to offer you energy independence with a whole home backup system that it's a long-term solution that will be able to literally put you um, off the grid without having to be disconnected from the power company. And all you gotta pay from that moment on is the $3.9 a month to the base charge for the electric company. And in Texas it's changing actually, Six months ago, we had over 10 different plans uh, that were competitive. We had much more than that, but 10, 10 plans with different ERPs, you know, the retail energy providers. Um, they, they had better and more competitive plans. Right now, we only have like two. So that's why I, I wanted to focus on batteries and, and home efficiency in better solutions, long-term solutions, more integral solutions to homeowners because it's gonna become a necessity. And if you ask me, I think it's gonna become a nationwide phenomenon. It's gonna change very soon. Not only California, not only Texas, everywhere is gonna be like this. And the APCs that are preparing for that and they're, they have competent uh, employees that know how to deal with those technologies, they will be able to thrive and survive. And uh, you gotta be able as an APC to see those things and plan ahead. Because I think that metering is is kind of in the past in those markets. Then metering in California and in Texas is kind of behind us. And now we sell more in value. Uh, we sell more in energy independence, not, not so much on the savings. Because just to be honest, when you buy a house, it's never cheaper than renting, right? The reason why you buy a house is because you want to become a homeowner. Same thing with your energy. When you go and get a whole home backup, and your solar system over 120% offset, 130% offset, that's that gotta be more valuable. That gotta be more valuable than renting your dirty power that you get from your power company that increases every single month, pretty much. So it's not the same. It's not apples to apples, and people need to understand it's more valuable, and because it's more valuable, you gotta pay more for it. Right, right. And you know, you know, this is where the battery storage comes into play. The battery yes. storage gives you the ability to maybe not go off the grid, but but to some extent, you can kind of use the grid only on your terms, as opposed to just being dependent on the grid only during evening hours. So I think that's why battery storage, and one of the reasons I, I talk about batteries so much, is that it puts 
it puts the this owner in a more of an energy independent position than just whatever the power company gives them. But in addition to the batteries, what are some other technologies that you think are kind of going to be changing, going to be disrupting the whole energy landscape? You read my mind. You read my mind. So one of the, invents, the, the investments I made last year was buying a property off city limits so we could do research and development. I started in the industry in research and development. And uh, one of the things we're testing right now is geothermal, HVAC systems, and uh, I don't want to give out all my secrets, but guys, you should be looking at the list of things got approved through the Investment um, Reduction Act. There is a huge list of things that they're going to be financing and providing credits, and not only credit, rebates even, for these type of technologies. So something we're testing is geothermal HVAC solutions. Uh, there is excellent credits and rebates on those heat pump geothermal systems. And also something that is gonna disrupt the market is residential wind turbines. I'm, I'm currently testing some residential wind turbine solutions. Very silent, very powerful. They produce excellent during the winter and at nighttime, that is when the solar system is not producing, right? Um, and combining solar and wind power is gonna be a game changer. And that's something we're doing currently and very soon. Actually, I, I, I want to just drop a little exciting news. We got approved already with two of our financiers to offer the wind turbine um, to our homeowners. So even if people want to get a wind turbine without getting a solar loan, they can now through Good Leap and Mosaic. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of saying it openly now. But yeah, they just got us approved to offer those products and I have never heard any other EPC doing it, and we're very excited to introduce it to the marketplace. Well, that's exciting, that's exciting. I, you know, let, let's actually talk more about that because, you know, especially for homeowners out there, I know we're here at SolarCon, we're yeah. all solar people, <laughs> we, we, we kind of have our own language talking about all this right. stuff. But, you know, in light of all this, what you're talking about, net metering rules changing, batteries now are, are here, wind, wind turbines, electric vehicles are here. How, how do you think a homeowner needs to approach evaluating solar differently now than maybe they would have two years ago? A homeowner should not look at solar only. A homeowner should look for a company that can fulfill a complete home solution. For an example, we do insulation, blowing insulation. We use cellulose that has one of the highest R, which is the the insulation coefficient. And we also do radiant barriers. We do attic ventilation. Um, and plus all the other solutions that I was mentioning, it truly provides a complete solution to a homeowner to be able to maximize not just their investment, but also the long-term um, energy independence they might have in the house. Because it's not just producing what they're consuming, it's actually offsetting the consumption they currently have by making the home more efficient and also producing what they need plus an excess that can cover delivery charges, that can possibly cover base charges. So yes, if you do a solution like such, you could eliminate a homeowner's bill. But many companies think that solar is the answer to all of the problems and I believe it should be more like a 
energy independence approach, not just solar. And again, that's why we're, we don't have solar anywhere in our name, because we want to be a complete energy renewable solution. Excellent. Well, I know it's going to be an exciting time as you, you know, you, you venture further into this with, with the wind turbines. I know that's something we're especially going to be yeah, interested yeah, in. Yeah. Is, 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 because I, I do get questions all the time from homeowners, uh, and particularly in Texas, too, because you can explain maybe a little bit more about this. But, you know, I think the basic thing, thinking is, well, if the sun's not shining because the weather's bad, at least the wind will be blowing. Maybe there's a hurricane or yep. a tornado. So if the weather's bad and my solar's not producing, maybe ha if I have a windmill, at least I'll get some power from the windmill. But now in Texas, that is kind of true, right? You guys, compared to other states, you do have more of that of that flow. Can you explain yes. a little bit more? You know, what, what do homeowners need to know about that? Yeah. So right now, the wind turbines we're testing, they produce three kilowatt hours per hour, right? And that's the average the manufacturer is claiming. Of course, we're doing testing and we're monitoring, and we're gonna be checking on a on a short term, mid term, and long term. How is that production looking like? But that means that your solar system will probably not cover all of your roof. And you're gonna be able to have a small wind turbine. We're talking like four feet by 2.5 feet. That is super silent, is lightweight. And uh, uh, it's gonna be on a little corner. It looks great, it's very aesthetic. And uh, that is gonna be producing a lot of power, not only during the day, but during the night, during the winter you know, year round. So I'm very, personally, I'm very excited about this um, to test it and, and be able to see the results and then offer it to all, all of our homeowners. That's great. Well, we're going to be excited to uh, yes. talk more about that. In fact, let's come back maybe in a couple of months. When yeah, we're yeah, yeah. Closer to being able to offer that. We should do an in-ground, you know, video and, and show you how it looks and everything. Yeah, no, I think an on-site installation video yep. would, would be very well received. So... Um, I guess, Josue, well, we've got a few more minutes here. Is there any, anything else that, that homeowners or solar business owners should know out there uh, about just what's going on in the market? And, you know, go ahead, take it away. You need to diversify. Uh, solar homeowners out there, you need to diversify. You need to strengthen your partnerships. You have to look at the trends ahead. Um, everybody's doing solar. Like, literally, solar companies pop everywhere. And... Um, the lifespan of solar companies is not very, very long, but if you have a long-term strategy, if you're servicing your homeowners properly, um, that's what really matters. I think everything will fall into place. If you're just thinking about the homeowner and uh, if you're prioritizing quality service over everything, that's really going to make a difference. It will truly make a difference. Everything else will fall into place. And I have, I have meetings with my team, sales, operations, and I tell them, like, guys, we got to, I know we're doing a better, a, a way better job than many EPCs out there, and I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied yet to the level of service that I want to offer. And that's something you got to have always in the back of your mind is, like, you, you cannot be complacent. You got to be very um, ambitious in a good way. You got to be ambitious about customer service. And if you look at the biggest, most successful brands, they have that in mind. Costco, Amazon, I don't want to name a lot, but very successful brands and companies out there, they know their customers, they know the service they want to provide in everything revolving 
your operations, sales, everything you do is going to revolve around that. So that doesn't mean we're perfect because we're not, but something that you got to seek and in, in, in really strive to be is you got to be accountable. You got to be accountable. If you do something that is not right, go fix it. Because, you know, there could be human error, but you got to be accountable and you got to be responsive and you got to go help your homeowners and get it right. So that's the most important thing. For homeowners out there, I want to say that this is very exciting times to, to go solar. Very, very exciting times to look for complete solutions. I think people can be um, confident that the technology is at a great time where they can safely implement all of these solutions in their homes with little to no investment at all down to be able to enjoy those those uh, services and solutions in their homes, literally zero out of pocket. You know, that's a reality right now, zero, zero out of pocket. And in many times, it's gonna match what they're paying or it's gonna be a little more. And that's very exciting because you can create your own energy efficient home, producing your own clean power at the same price of what you were paying or a little more. And that's very unique. Great, great. Well, Josue, thank you so much for sitting down for with the Solar me. Surge Prospects. Folks, Josue Phillips, CEO and owner of Sunstar Solutions, one of the best installers there in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I really appreciate your expertise, your insights. And as I said, much respect for running your business the way that you do. Thank you, uh, Joe. We're looking forward to do many, many more projects with you in the future. We really try hard. Thank you so much for having us. Good deal. We'll see you next time. Thank you.